Welcome to the Alchemy of Alignment podcast, where we explore the power of stories, the beauty of transformation, the empowerment of women, and the lasting impact of creatively crafted words. I'm your host, Romina Cavagnola, content creation coach working with soulful women in business to draw out the essence of their message and guide them from content overwhelm into an aligned content creation journey. Join me for a spellbinding blend of content creation coaching and inspiring conversations with women who are taking on life and business in alignment with who they are and the wisdom they have to share with the world. Are you ready? Let's explore. In this episode of Alchemy of Alignment, I speak with Kim Fazalari about following our intuitive nudges, understanding that everything around us is energy, not buying into collective fears around the metaphysical, and discovering the true magic that lies within each of us. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Alchemy of Alignment. Today, my special guest is Kim Vazilari. She is a spiritual alchemist and intuitive business guide who works with women to access their inner magic and potently transmute their deepest fears into gold, which sounds amazing. Her clients find that shifting those lifetimes of wounding actually allows them to manifest and unmanifest with ease. So I'm really excited to hear what Kim has to say today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Romina. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. To start off with, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I've been in this realm for, for many, many years and many lifetimes, I believe. So I don't think this is the first lifetime that I've been doing this work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and gosh, I, I work, uh, let's take a step back. So I work practically, I work in uh, with financial technology. So I work in a grounded space. But I also work in the intuitive space. And for me, that works very well. It's a melding of both the practical and the metaphysical. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's where most of my life has been, either in business or working um, in the spiritual world. So it's been amazing. Fabulous. And what inspired you to start your business? Because you've got the business, like you said, the, the practical aspect and then the spiritual work that you do how did you start both of those and how do you how did you sort of realize that they worked so well together yeah uh, look my origin story and i suppose you know we all have a number of origin stories but the one that's most prevalent to this is um i was in a bakery franchise and it went belly up and from the very first day that the, the doors opened it wasn't successful. We knew that there was something wrong with it. And, you know, the the space that it was in, um, the location, everything was supposed to work, but nothing worked. Mm. And we had five robberies in 18 months. Uh, We were hemorrhaging money, uh, not just (laughs) losing money, actually hemorrhaging money. Um, My husband was working to to pay um, the employees and I was working from 6am until 7pm at night and it was difficult but during that time and you know I will refer that to to that as the darkest period but it was actually the lightest period because from there I opened up to my spiritual path 
And I don't know if you've ever heard of Stuart Wilde. Stuart Wilde was a, um, a spiritual guru, I guess you'd call him back in the, the 70s. And he started on Carnaby Street by designing jeans and things like that. So Carnaby Street, swinging 60s, all of that. And he turned to spirituality. And, you know, one, one of his quotes, and I'll never get it right, but it was like, you know, when the universe hits you on the ass, you know that you have to do something. Mm. And <laughs> that's what it felt like for me. Like the, the biggest smack on the backside um, you know, I had to follow my spiritual path. Mm. And from there, a woman came into the, the bakery early one morning. She was a spiritual advisor. Um, I didn't know what she, she did. You know, I, I thought she'd been out gambling all night. I just thought, why is someone up at this time of the morning? And it <laughs> turned out that she was a, you know, a spiritual advisor. So I went to meet her. I sat in circle with her and everything unfolded from there. We were able to, um, I, I then started to do the work. So it became a devotional practice for me. Every single day I was working on myself and things unfolded and we, we left the bakery. Um, we still had our health, our marriage, our children were well. We didn't lose our house or anything like that. So very grateful for that. Yes, we were still paying off debt, but so much came out of it. Like it was such a, it was a joy. You know, it was a joy. When I think of it mm. now, it was joyous and um, magical and that's what really unfolded for me so I moved into the magical realm that's awesome how um, exciting to discover that kind of new space to to move into and different practices that you can implement in your life it was look it was amazing and from meeting that woman then I um, studied Reiki so that was my you know my first energy tool and I've gone on to you know gosh include so much more into my practices but I lived in Warrandyte at the time in Victoria, which is a semi-rural area. And mm. a shop opened, it was called The Witchy Shop. And of course, I was intrigued and went in and um, met the high priestess there and started to work with her. And that's when my um, path of magic opened. And from there, that was, okay, it felt so um, real to me. You know, I had lived that before. Mm. And it was just amazing. And so I would sit and cast spells during the day and when my children were at school and, you know, had this amazing altar and calling deities and do all of that type of work. And I adored it. I loved it. And that, that the house was a vortex. It was a vortex for energy. It was amazing. Like we were seeing so many spirits and there was so much going on in the house. And even my husband, who was a non-believer, saw something. My children used to see spirit. In that house and we left there we, we decided we would move to suburbia um, closer to my children's school and I decided then to be a suburban mum <laughs> and close everything down and yes I got another smack on the ass as Stuart Wilde would say <laughs> <laughs> and I developed a, a lung disease an autoimmune disease called sarcoidosis oh my goodness and that that actually moved to my eyes as well and after crying for a few days, it's like, you know, you go to Dr. Google and it's like, okay, so this, um, this could be fatal. It can just move to all of your organs. What would, you know, what's going to happen? I'm going to leave my children behind. And then I heard the, the voice, you know, the voice of reason, Kim, pull yourself together. You have all the tools that you need to get through this. And so I did pull myself together. I saw a specialist. It was right near the old bakery, so that was ironic. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, just around the corner from the old bakery. and A, a very good reminder of what I should have been doing. 
Mm. And um, I said to the specialist, I, I honour what you're saying and I will do what you tell me, but first I want to try things my way. And I did. And so I started down the holistic uh, route of, mm. um, what was I doing at the time? Oh, types of kinesiology, colonics, massage, or, or, you know, lot, lots of um, visualization, seeing myself as whole. I used many, many tools. Anyway, I, I was with him for 18 months and I didn't go on the steroids and everything else that they wanted me to take. And by the end of the 18 months, he said, there's nothing else I can do for you. It's in remission. It will probably always be in your body, but whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. And it's like, oh, Kim, you know, this is me talking to myself. Kim, you, how many times do you have to get the message? You are meant to be on this path. Mm. So from there on, it was like, yes, um, I am honouring where I am meant to be and working with it and no more closing it down. So mm. <laughs> an amazing story. Yeah. It, and, you know, for anyone that is listening to this, listen, you know, you know, really, really take note or, you know, listen to not only the voices that you may hear, but, you know, also the feelings you may have in your body. So when I was about to go into the bakery, I was getting constant um, tightness in my solar plexus. And at, the at that time, I didn't know what it was. I didn't realise it was clear cognizant. That's one of my clears. Um, and I wasn't using my intuition. And so I, you know, I overrode everything, all of the signs. Mm. Now, would I have taken that period back and done it any differently? No, because I had to be there. I had to face my dark night of the soul and that opened me up to, to where I was supposed to be. Could I have done it easier? Perhaps, I don't know, but yeah, this was my path. And this is, you know, this is the way I was supposed to be indoctrinated into this. So. Mm. But use your clairs, you know, use your clairs and we all have them. Um, none of us are more special than anyone else. We are all intuitive. It's just a matter of training that intuitive muscle. Mm. And I think sometimes people often will get confused and think, you know, it's, it's hard to tell between the ego and intuition sometimes. And so they will tend not to listen because they're afraid it's the ego and not really a sign or really a you know an instinct to do what they're feeling they should do or what they're seeing or, or thinking or hearing that they should do so yeah. i can see the challenge that people might have and i mean i've had that before as well when i think oh that could be my intuition then i start getting all up in my head and thinking what if it's just my brain wanting me to do that and then i don't do anything <laughs> and then you know something happens and you realize oh i should have done that or oh lucky i didn't so it's a matter like you said of training it to see you know when is it your intuition and when is it not when is it your ego trying to you know, use logic and, and, you know, sway you away from, from that instinct. Absolutely. Yeah. The ego will try and keep us small and keep mm. us off our path. Mm. Um, and, and yes, when they talk, you know, in a course of miracles as well, it's about fear, which, you know, fear and ego can't go hand in hand. Mm. What I learned with that spiritual mentor many years ago when I was in the bakery, and she used to do an exercise where she would invite us in a meditative state, you know, to, to virtually close off the left side of the brain, close down the logical side, and increase the size of the right side of the brain, which is our creative side. And that's how that was one of our trainings. And so it was really engaging with your intuition. 
when I think about it now, but that's the way she used to describe it. And, you know, I still do that. I, I will sit in a meditative state and just see myself having that side expand. Mm. And that's, that's a really great training for people who are, you know, starting to use their intuitive muscle. Mm. It's a good idea because it's, it's really literally using the power of the brain to manage what you're actually able to do with your brain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, as we know, ego state has a lot to do with left, left side. Um, you know, if, you, if you're looking at it that way, or we can just look at it as, okay, we are intuitive beings. Um, let's just close everything else off and, and call in what we desire. But when you're first training, it's not, not as easy as, you, you know, as you've just suggested. It's a matter of getting to know what you can believe in what you can't believe. Mm. And I understand that you have had experiences earlier on in life. And I mean, obviously there was something that happened and then you didn't do much with it. And then all of a sudden you're in, you know, adulthood and all these things are happening to steer you onto the path. So what was the experience that you had and, you know, how did it set you on the path that you eventually came on, but why did you not follow it at the time? Yeah, that's a great question. I know it's a bit of like a long question. <laughs> no, it's a great question. And um, look, I guess my earliest recollection, and I, look, I do always, rem I remember um, seeing energy and, and sensing energy. And my mother used to talk about fairies. And, you know, it was a big thing back in the day, fairies in the bottom of the garden. And so that was something that I, I grew up with. But, you know, fast forwarding until I was about 14, and I used to wake up in the middle of the night and there would be some, somebody sitting on the end of my bed or somebody standing at the end of my bed and I would scream. I was absolutely petrified. And then my mother would come in and she'd have to sleep with me in the single bed, which was uncomfortable. Um, but I just couldn't go back to sleep. I was so fearful of it. And that carried on for many, many years. You know, I was seeing spirit but scared. Mm. And that's why I closed it down. And so even as a young married woman, same thing was happening and I didn't like to be in the house on my own because I was aware that, you know, there was spirit there, but I didn't want to engage with it. Mm. And it was when I got onto the spiritual path that I accepted it, acknowledged it, um, started to play with it, started to talk to them, and there was no longer any fear around it. But it took a while. And, and I think that's really important for people who are seeing things or their children are seeing spirit, not to be scared. I've never come across an entity that um, I, yes, I have been fearful of them. And that was only because of my own lack of understanding, but mm -hmm. I've never felt threatened by one. Right. It's really interesting to, to look at that that way, because essentially it's all energy, isn't it? Yeah even though we may or may not be able to see it. I mean, most people don't see energy. So for them, that is something really scary or, you know, disturbing perhaps, depending on what your um, notions are around, you know, seeing things, whether they're ghosts and most people associate ghosts with, you know, evil, yeah. <laughs> things like that. So um, I, I can sense things. I, I can't see them. Um, I, I, Sometimes we'll see visions, but not like um, ghosts, for lack of a better word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I see things that, that happen or, or will happen. Um, and in fact, I even I saw my my own um, 
injury, you know, the broken ankle thing that happened to me last year, I kind of had been having visions of that in the lead up, you know, for a few months, it didn't happen exactly as, as the vision was, but it did happen. And it was the same injury. (laughs) And so it's, it's interesting when you look at it that way, because if you, if you're um, understanding that it's an energy and that everything around us is, is energy basically. Right. So everything was created from energy and from, from chemical reactions. If we're going to go to, to a scientific perspective, right. Whatever you call it, whether it's a religious thing or a spiritual metaphysical um, label, whatever, whatever you want to use to refer to it, it's it's essentially energy. So if you understand it from that perspective, then it's really not that scary because you are energy yourself. And so you're just seeing another being uh, energetic being and then of course you have all these tools like reiki and energy medicine and kinesiology that are all um therapies based on energy and moving energy around in the body and and shifting thing what we don't need out and keeping the good stuff in so if you start to mm, kind of like logically look at it yes is the way most people will want to understand things it actually you can actually rationalize it into something that's understandable and therefore not scary so i think it's that Mm -hmm that distance between what it actually is and what people think it is that is creating this fear and, and um, aversion to, to those kinds of things. Yeah, look, I agree with that. And I think a lot of it is myth and fable Mm -hmm. as well. So, you know, we, we've grown up with, you know, tales of the wicked witch or we've been told, um, you know, uh, different European backgrounds, they, they wear the evil eye to protect them. Mm -hmm. And so those sort of things have, come through in people's upbringing and so that creates the fear Mm. a lot of times you know it's it's really interesting um i I, a friend of mine her father passed away last year and she wore a white bracelet to the funeral and i didn't understand why she was dressed in black and she had the white bracelet on but she actually had an evil eye Mm. under that to protect herself and I found that really interesting in this day and age that people are still doing that because I don't believe I need protection. Right. I don't believe anything can harm me. Have I always believed that? No. You know, mm. I, I used to believe I needed protection because that was the old paradigm, but now I believe that I'm the most powerful person in my life and nothing can harm me. So when she did, when she told me about it, I said, take it off, take it off immediately because you're buying into those those stories and, and the fear, you know, you're buying into a fear paradigm. Mm. Nothing can harm you. So, yeah, look, it's very interesting and a lot of it is indoctrinated into our upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said, the fables and things that we're told as, as children. So, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. fascinating. It is. It is fascinating. And I, I know what you mean. I mean, in South American culture, um, they put a red like a ribbon or something on the babies to sort of yes. direct the gaze to, to the ribbon. And I never used to understand why. And I always used to think, you know, I mean, I had one when I was a baby and then I put one on my son and um, it was interesting that as he grew, he's a highly sensitive child. And as he grew, he'd start to have these um, episodes at nighttime. So he'd be kind of like night terrors, but he, he would start sort of crying and thrashing and screaming in, in his sleep. And he would, respond to me in a way that was like he was kind of awake but not really and so he was still in like an asleep state 
Um, and I found that I would have to get someone to heal him for him to calm down. And so what I started doing with that was not because necessarily something was trying to harm him, but because he's so sensitive, um, he was absorbing energy that was perhaps not going in the right place or not the right kind of energy, whatever it is. And so I actually put um, white angelica essential oil on his mm -hmm. forehead and crown. Um, and since I started doing that religiously, basically, um, before we leave the house and then before we go to sleep, um, it happens very little. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, I find that that experience um, with him I've started to realize when that happens to me also, it's not, yes. it doesn't manifest that way for, for me, um, obviously, because he's small and he doesn't really understand what's happening. Mm. Whereas for me, I realize, okay, I've, I've, you know, I feel something that I shouldn't be feeling. Yes. And that's, you know, well, I wasn't, you know, depressed five seconds ago, like something yeah, 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 I've obviously, yeah. you know, like it's just like an unexplained thing, like a shift that, that, yes. um, you know, or I feel just inexplicably, heavy and exhausted and, mm. and things like that. And so it's interesting, you know, since I started learning about how you work with energy and, and things like that, that, that you can um, tell when it's happening to you and you can tell, you know, from, from that sort of more metaphysical perspective, what your energy is doing rather than just from a sort of clinical perspective. Cause yeah. I, I have actually had thyroid issues in the past and um, I literally could not <laughs> you know, wash a plate. So mm. I, I was very drained of, of physical energy during that experience and so i actually i did the same as you i healed that um holistically i used yeah. homeopathy and, and things like okay. that my doctor was a bit like what are you doing and i'm just like well, just let me do it and if it doesn't work i'll do whatever you want right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then it works so now she kind of just doesn't really you know she just smirks at me and just says nothing so. <laughs> but um yeah it was really interesting um to experience similar kind of feelings to that stage in in my health when I don't have that issue currently. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of it comes down to our vibration. So when you, mm. you think about when someone walks into a room and you feel their energy, because we are, as you said, all energy mm. and we're all connected. And you, you know that you've either walked into a room at times and you thought, oh my gosh, you're like, and it repels you or pushes you back, or somebody else may walk in and it's like, mm. what's going on with them? Mm. And, and, you know, you kind of, when you're working with energy all the time, you're starting to identify those things. Whereas, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I would have thought, oh, you know, what, what's the matter with that person? <laughs> but now I, you know, I know it's their stuff and I don't need to take that on board. And, um, you know, I, it's, it's really um, honouring them and where they're at. And I think that's really important as well. Everyone's at a different stage, in, you know, in their journey and, mm. um not trying to fix everyone and, and just, yeah, like if someone's having an off day, you just allow them to be. And mm. uh, that's really how I work with things now. And it's just, it's so much more peaceful. It's, it's really a nice way to live. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So obviously intuition is a big part of everything that you do nowadays. Yeah. How, how has it best guided you? throughout life and business like when has it been most obvious that intuition was guiding you aside from what we've already spoken yeah. about in terms of you know get on the spiritual path and you know stay on it um you know what lessons have you learned through applying your intuition yeah look i um so after i left the bakery i decided i wanted to become a psychic phone reader <laughs> so i decided that when we we're in mediation with the, the other business so 
from that moment when we were sitting in mediation and my solicitor said, oh, what, what next? And I said, I want to become a psychic phone reader, in which he must have thought I was crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and an ad appeared in the Herald Sun and I went for that position and got it, had to do a test and all the rest of it. And that kind of led me down an intuitive path as well. So from there, it was really trusting. The first time I was on... <laughs> on the psychic phone line it's like what am I doing here what am I going to say to people do I actually know anything first phone call um we we're supposed to use tarot cards I didn't really want to use them but had them out there and I started to hear the voices and it was say George say George you know and I said to the woman oh do you know anyone called George and she said oh that's my uncle and I thought oh okay so this really does work you know <laughs> so then I started to work intuitively as opposed to using tarot cards. And anyway, long story short, that's, that's where I've used intuition. I then also, because I'd closed everything down, I went back into paid work and um, I was working for a company, a skincare company, couldn't stay my manager. She was not a nice person. And all I wanted to do was get out of that job. Um, and my husband said, just leave, don't put up with her. But I thought, no, 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 I'm going to do it my way. So I actually sat down and wrote, you could say a manifesto, you know, what, what did I want in a job? So I created the ideal job and I found this job on Seek. I had no experience in, the, in that realm, in the financial realm. Again, intuitively, I was invited to go for it so I did and um, worked for them for 11 years and it was an absolutely amazing ride like it was more than I could ever ask for and in that work used my intuition to to go from um, I guess a humble humble basis of not knowing anything when I went to the company to actually reach reaching its highest echelon and, and um, being globally recognized so that's one thing with intuition. So that's working in the um, in the three D realm, you know, when you think about it. But then, you know, I've gone on. Gosh, I use intuition all the time. It's just it just becomes part. It's of just ingrained, nature. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You yeah. know, and it's just sitting there, and it it, it 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 just turns on like that. It turns on so quickly. But you know, if if for anyone who's learning about it, you might just have to sit and sit with it for a little while for the messages to come through. But, you know, I've been directed to many, many different things. And, you know, our most recent thing is buying a block of land in the coastal area. And, wow. um, you know, just at the very beginning of COVID and we're just about to settle on that. So we're really excited by it. And again, that came out of the blue. And these things happen all the time. The more you use your intuition, infinite opportunities appear. Mm. Um, absolutely yeah. that's it. it's amazing like there are so many so many i should write them down but yeah it's <laughs> make like a whole book of these little episodes of i know you know intuitive know. guidance people that come into yeah. your life and um you know you reach out to people because you just know intuitively they're going to to gel with you and mm. um vibe with you yeah look it's amazing it's an amazing journey so use your intuition everyone yeah <laughs> And well, since we're talking about that, how do when people come to work with you, what do what are their problems and how do you help solve them? Yeah, that's really interesting. So um, years ago, I was a straight business coach, and then I pivoted. So last year, I opened up to witchcraft again um, because I do believe that's you know that's my history, my you know um, my past life history. I also believe it's been my ancestral history. 
uh, okay. but, you know, familial history. I did trace back one of my ancestors and her sister used to hide witches back in the day. So, oh, wow. yeah, it was really back in the 1500s. So that was amazing to find that out. Um, but when I work with people, I work intuitively with them. Mm-hmm. So um, people, you know, used to come to me for business coaching, but it always turned into something else. And we, we worked in a, a bespoke way where I will um, guide them to uncover what is really holding them back. Because what you believe is um, the reason for you not moving forward in life generally isn't. There, there are layer, layers upon layer upon layer. So that's what I guide them to work with. I don't believe um, that I can heal anyone. I believe everybody self-heals and I believe people self-guide. So I facilitate the change and the transformation for them. And that from there we transmute, um, you know, what can be quite heavy energy into miracles. Mm. So it's, it's really working with women and for them to uncover their potency. And we do that with a number of tools. As I said, every um, session is bespoke. So mm-hmm. I will use my tool chest, of, you know, <laughs> what, whatever I have and um, be guided to, to do that. But it's, it's all energy work. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So I want to ask, because you have mentioned witchcraft a few times, and I know that the general consensus is that witchcraft is just not good. So (laughs) can you talk a little bit about that and, you know, how people can perhaps view it from a different perspective? Because from what I understand, this, the idea of magic is, is simply just creating things that seem impossible and and also um that oh i lost my train of thought but anyway that that idea that that it's something that's impossible and you've created it and it's magical so what is it about witchcraft that makes people scared of it um and that there's my thought again it's something that is powerful and Mm. especially with women doing it and this goes back to you know the the witch trials and all of that when they were burning all these women at the stake for being witches, when really all they were were healers and, you know, midwives and things that, mm-hmm. that showed that women had the power to control things and create things. So, um, so that's sort of my, my take on it, but what is, what is it that people are afraid of and what is it that you think witchcraft can bring in, in a practical sense in this age? Yeah, I totally agree. People were scared of witches back in the day. And I guess you can go into the whole patriarchal society thing, which I, I really don't like to go into. Let's not knock the males, you know. <laughs> but I've got a husband and two sons. But again, it was fear. You know, it was ego and fear. And there are women out there who were healers. And they understood intuition. They knew how to use it. The men in, in the day wanted power money and all of those things whereas women had that insight and you know we we lost a lot of that along the way you think back the the women the witches were around before christianity you know it's witches and magic have walked this earth from from day dot and you know it can be people can be fearful of it not because they want to you know witches want to do any harm but it's it's to do with it's to do with power that you know that's all it comes down to and i think there are less um connotations around that but you know ramina when i walked into the witchy shop all of those years ago the question i asked was is it white or is it black what do you do you know what type of magic do you play with 
now I've gone on to understand that there is grey magic um, and that we have to have our shadow side. So it's not black magic, it's not voodoo or hoodoo that, that we work with, but it's the light and the shade within us. Mm. And when we can actually work with that, that you know, changes our pathway. We embrace our shadow to see the light. And the more we can work with that, and you know, there are so many forms of magic. I was talking about it last night with a, a group. Childbirth is magic, you know, the flora and fauna, you know, you look at flora and fauna, that is magic. Um, the cycles, there, there is so much out there that, you know, when I talk about it, it just makes my, every cell in my body light up, you know, what is magic? I think, I believe everything is magical. Um, and, you know, you're, you're right in saying that when we identify what we can create, that is part of a magical society a magical world you know that it, it all comes down to energy again and we can look at the traditional forms of magic which i used to use and we can now look at um, using our intuition which is a form of magic or um, creating from an I, I create from an eclectic perspective, an eclectic witch and a modern witch, where I, I draw on a number of different traditions. So some are very traditional with what they do, like the Gardenerians, um, mm -hmm. who go sky clad. So when they're performing spell and ritual, they are naked and mm -hmm. they um, uh, put um, oils onto their body. The woman who taught me, the head witch, um, high priestess, she was a gardenerian. She used to go sky clad. I was not going to go sky clad with, an, <laughs> with a group of people. That's not, but that's not the way I was brought up. <laughs> I was not doing that. Um, but, you know, you know, more power to them if that's what they want to do. So, you know, back on the, the path of magic, we can actually expedite things, make things work very quickly by working with elements magic's a whole you know a whole it's a whole process so you know you can call in deities you can use the um elements out there and you know um with, with all the seasons you can i'm just looking out of my window sorry I got, I got caught up with the greenery out there um you can use herbs flowers you know essential oils so many different things like it's amazing it's and it's also potent but it's you know what it's all of our own unique magic it's what we bring into it and it's when we go within that we bring that out and that's what creates for us. Mm. So that's, I, I believe we are the most um, potent creators. Yeah. So without handing over our authority to anything else, we go within to create. Mm. That's our magic. So, yeah, long story short, and I probably didn't explain what you wanted, but it's like there is so much to it. It's so amazing and there's nothing to be scared of, nothing mm. to be fearful of. But I think that's actually that thing that you just said at the end, that there's so much to it. I think that that probably encapsulates the, you know, what you, what you were trying to say is just that it's not just this idea of black and white. It's like magic is bad or magic is yeah. intended to do evil things. I mean, obviously there are people who do not do things in the way that they should, which exists in non-magical scenarios as well you know we've got criminals that clearly should not be doing what they're doing but you know it's the same kind of thing is that you've got people who use different tools or different scenarios for good purposes and those who don't so i think once you distance the connection to the supernatural metaphysical aspect of it it's really not that um 
it doesn't really feel like such a negative thing if that's where you're coming from to begin with that that magic is negative um yeah it's very so. uncomplicated you know because if you look at the process of nature that's what magic is mm. and it's creation and that's what yeah. we do it's, yeah it's very, you know when you when you just go back to the most simplistic form it's very very uncomplicated and it got lost you know back in the the days of um burning which is at the stake that's where all the um, negativity came around and you know again it comes back to fables you know like Hansel and Gretel and the old woman and all of those sorts of things that you know we've, we've thought of the, the bad witch but when we work with the craft we have to identify what is within us and as I said there is the shadow and the light and you know when we when we identify our shadow and that's peeling back the layers of the onion we will come to this beautiful illumination that will take us on our path. But we have to peel back a number of layers, you know, it just mm. doesn't happen like that. You know, we are constantly working on ourselves. And if people say that they have worked on themselves and everything is, you know, where they should be, um, I think they're telling little fibs <laughs> because we are constantly working on ourselves. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, it's, it's just a process, you know, and it's that process of creativity as well. We, we are constantly creative. We're in that creative process. That's, yeah. that's what Absolutely. Is. No, definitely agree. It's an on, I mean, we're human. We have a lifetime and we have ongoing learning opportunities and, and room for growth and, and development improvement. So it's, you can't just get to <laughs> some kind of destination that you have in your mind. I mean, once you get there, you've improved and enhanced yourself so much that you've got now a new destination in mind. So I think if you look at it like that, then you can't ever really get where you think you should be because there's always somewhere more yeah. that you need. It to does be. get easier. Yeah. It gets easier. Like I, I found that um, the more you work with in these realms, you know, with um, alchemy and um, energy and all of those things, your life becomes easier. It becomes more blissful. And, you know, my, my, most of the time, my state is bliss, you know. Am I in a state of nirvana like Buddha? No, because we're in the 3D reality and there are things that go on, you know, in our lives and other people that impact us. Um, so, you know, it is that constant state. But the, the thing is that the more, you know, I really encourage people to work on themselves because things do become easier. They really do. And, I, you know, I can say that from my own experience. It's no longer like pushing a boulder up a hill. Mm. You know, it might be a rock, you know, <laughs> tiny stone. A pebble. <laughs> yeah, not, not a boulder, you know. So, yeah, it's, look, it's amazing. And I'm so grateful, so, so grateful for everything that I've experienced in life, the people that have come into my life. It's, it's the way that it was meant to be. And, you know, like, I, I get lost for words uh, because I am so grateful and humbled by everything that has happened. So, yeah. Mm. It's great that you can see it from that perspective that even though there were things that happened that were challenging and, and you know, difficult, they have shaped who you've become. And mm -hmm. if you shy away from those instances, I mean, most of us have had some kind of, you know, trauma or, or challenging um, experience in our lives. And if we shy away from them, we don't learn everything that is there to learn from those experiences. And so, you know, if, if we hadn't, listened and, and learned the things that we needed in those moments, then we wouldn't perhaps be where we are now in, in, you know, doing the things that we love and, and, you know, 
um, drawing in the people that are coming to us because that that happens once you're in that that place you know that that right vibration and just the people that you need to meet just magically appear and (laughs) things happen um and it's all about as you said learning and and continuously working on yourself and improving and and not taking those um situations personally which obviously is very hard um (laughs) and i can i can speak from experience also but it's um yeah if you embrace that it actually gives you more value than if you you shy away from it yeah absolutely and i mean we can all identify people who are stuck in the same cycle you know Mm. the same thing seems to happen to them over and over and over again Mm. they have to be ready to change we can't rescue them i don't believe in us as rescuers Um, but it's interesting from an outsider's perspective that you you start to notice that and again, you know, as we're doing the work, we're not getting caught up in the same cycle that's happening to us. Mm. Um, and things things change. And as I said, it becomes easier and more blissful. So, yeah, it's, it's perfect. But there are people out there that are not ready to change. They're not ready to use their magic or identify what's going on. And that's fine because that's their journey as well. So, yeah. you know, we've... Um, we've opened our eyes to, you know, what is greater out there. Yeah. It's a good journey. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. It's yeah, really amazing. (laughs) So for those of, of, of the people who are listening to this, who are, for those who are ready to do that work and, and, you know, receive the guidance from, from within and share what they, what they can offer, where could they find you if they want to get in touch with you or see more about what you do, where can they find you online? I um, have a website that's been in development for two years. <laughs> I never get around to finishing it. So if you ever go to kimfazalari.com, well, there might be something there in the next couple of months, we hope. <laughs> um, but I have a Facebook group called The Covens for Spiritual Entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. um, but not just for spiritual entrepreneurs. It's really for anyone. So it's for spiritual entrepreneurs and change makers. We would welcome you with open arms. Also, I'm on Instagram, um, Kim Fazalari Spiritual Entrepreneur, I think. A spiritual alchemist i think i am there i have changed my name on there recently and mm-hmm. on instagram again the coven for spiritual entrepreneurs mm-hmm. um so yeah please you know come by say hi i do go on there with uh, lives on instagram and i also run a number of challenges within the facebook group so mm-hmm. we've just finished a five-day challenge which was really exciting and i'm just about to start a seven-week immersion uh, called Awaken the Witch Within, starting on the 25th of October. So very excited about that. Have a group of women who are ready to to do the work. We will be talking a little bit about the history of witchcraft, altercraft, spellcraft, traditional stuff. But Mm -hmm. I also want to bring in a lot of um, new techniques that they can use. And also we're going to be looking expansively at, at how they can change their lives. Awesome. That's really important. Um, it's, so it's not just going to be a, okay, this is what you do, do your practices every day. No, we want to see results within that seven weeks. Okay. So we'll be working with that. Awesome. So that was called Awaken the Witch Within, the yeah. program, mm-hmm. starting on the 25th. Okay. Yes. I will pop all your links in the show notes so mm-hmm. um, people can easily find your different spaces. And is there anything else that you'd like to share before we wrap up? Uh, I would really love to thank you for doing this. I'd love, love to thank you for this opportunity. And again, let, you know, just 
it was synchronicity that I met you in a Facebook group. And, um, you know, it was just one of those things that, you know, I reached out to you because I felt that there was, I saw, you know, something amazing in you and wanted you to speak to my, you know, to the group of women that, that I work with. So, again, that's Matt, you know, I see that as magic, you know, I, I didn't know you and um, I had I had not been in that group for a while and then suddenly I went in there and there you were. So, yeah. <laughs> That is synchronicity, if anything is. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. So, just please, if you're listening to this Follow those intuitive hits and nudges. Just follow them because they will open you up to greater opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for your kind words and thank you for sharing just so much insight today. It's really been fascinating listening to all of the um, that perspective on just how this is a new thing and it's like something that's actually useful and how it can really practically work in your life but also still feel like magical and, and yeah, amazing because that's something that um, it's kind of hard to feel these days that, you know, things are smoothly running and, and, you know, amazing things can happen, especially now, you know, with COVID happening, it's kind of hard to feel like we can just have dreams and things when yeah. we can't even leave our houses. So hopefully <laughs> um, that will go away soon, but um, it's been really, yeah, interesting to, to hear all of those different experiences and, and about all the, the tools and things that you can use to just make those changes in your life. So thank you so much for sharing and for being here today. Oh, thank you, Romina. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Alchemy of Alignment. If you'd like to receive regular email updates about new podcast episodes, powerful insights into aligned content creation, early invitations to any of my offerings, and whatever else I happen to be exploring, go to RominaCavagnola.com forward slash essence. If my message resonates with you, I'd love it if you'd take a moment to rate and review so that other soulful women can find their way here. And don't forget to tune into the next episode. Until then, may you ride the wave of clarity and intuition all the way to the shore of aligned content creation.